From the beautiful Pacific Northwest, across the nation, and around the world, you are about to finally learn how to lose weight joyfully. It's time to get wasted with Renee. Live with Renee Steelman on TalkZone.com. everyone. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am Renee Steelman, the host of Get Wasted with Renee. I am the area director for Get Wasted Northwest, which is a fabulous program that helps people to lose weight joyfully and more importantly, to transition to a plant-based diet. And um, so the show is basically about getting healthy, um, finding where you're at as far as your health concerns are, you know, what your health concerns are, and trying to treat your body with laughter, with whole foods, with um, good self-care, and lots of sunshine. That's what we talk about. So my guest today, I have a fabulous um, naturopathic physician as my guest today, and I will be introducing her in a little bit. You can call... Um, my number, 503-869-6421. You can also get on my website, www.nwgetwasted.com. And that's wasted, W-A-I-S-T-E-D. If you have any questions, you can call the radio show. It is 6-7-4-8. And I think that we would love to have any questions that you have. If you've been considering possibly uh, going to see a naturopathic physician, um, you can call with any questions that you might have. Um, my introduction to the world of um, natural medical care was when I was actually pregnant with my first child. My husband and I had signed up to take some natural uh, childbirth classes, and we took them over at a clinic. And the classes were taught by a nurse, and her husband was the uh, physician that ran the clinic. And I was um, doing all of my prenatal care with a regular OBGYN, and... Um, I had, as I, the more I read about it, of course, you know, when you're, when it's your first pregnancy, you're always reading books. And at that time, we weren't looking anything up on the internet because this was 1976. Um, but, you know, reading books, reading magazine articles, talking to other women. And I was really, really determined to have a natural childbirth. And I would talk to my doctor about it. And he would just kind of, you know, pat me on the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if it works out, we'll do that. And I had read an article about, um, um, episiotomies, which, um, you know, for all of you guys that might be listening out there, I don't know, you might want to go get a sandwich. Um, but, you know, I really wanted to do this, this childbirth as natural as possible. And I, so I asked my doctor about episiotomies and he was like, well, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see if, if you, if I need to give you an episiotomy, I will. And I was like, no, that's not what, not the answer I wanted to have. So I was in my seventh month. And switch doctors. I actually dropped my um, OBGYN and switched over to this naturopath. And, um, you know, we had insurance for the doctor, no insurance for this guy. And even though I was joining him in my seventh month, I still had to pay the full fee, which was considerably less than what the OBGYN's fee was, you know, which would have included a hospital visit and who knows what. So... 
I did end up going to going into labor and going to the clinic. And um, this man was the most, the kindest man and his wife, you know, just, I mean, I labored for over 25 hours and they were patient. And I remember one time saying to him, Oh, Dr. Bogus, I am so sorry. You know, you must be so tired. And he was like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. As long as I keep moving, I'm good. And, and, you know, so I ended up having this, you know, eight pound baby, completely natural, um, no episiotomy. It was absolutely a beautiful experience. And, you know, a few hours after he was born, we were able to go home and, and I was able to get the rest that I needed. So this was my introduction to natural, um, working with a, a physician who wanted to work with your body in a natural state. So, um, I've, I've, I've continued to see a natural physician, um, even, you know, for just regular health care. And so when I met Dr. Knapp, I was like, she, she's fairly new to the Vancouver area, and um, I really hit it off with her right away. So I'd like to bring Angela on in, in just a second. Let me introduce her first. She is a board-certified naturopathic physician in the state of Washington. Um, she completed her Bachelor of Arts at Colorado College and then received her naturopathic doctorate from the prestigious National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. And um, that is one of the glorious things about Portland. Portland is we do have this fabulous college and um, it coincides with a lot of the other things that Portland is kind of known for. But, you know, um, plant based eating and being outdoors, it, it just kind of goes hand in hand. And because of her extensive training, Dr. Knapp is considered to be an expert in botanical medicine and homeopathy and conventional medical care. And she completed, you know, she she had it. She has advanced training in natural childbirth and has completed 18 additional credits, giving her over 500 hours of helping deliver babies at home. And so she is passionate about women's health. We'll be talking about women's health. She's passionate about family care as well as, as well as autoimmune diseases, which is just, they are just prevalent nowadays. I mean, autoimmune diseases are just a, almost a plague, the, what they're doing to our society. She is a wife. She is a mother. She enjoys spending time with her family outdoors and swimming in the ocean and cooking in the kitchen. She's just an all-around fabulous person. So I'd like to bring her on. Angela, are you there? I am. Thanks so much for having me, Renee. Oh, it's my pleasure. And and thank you so much for making this choice to to go in the avenue of natural medicine. Um, so, you know, I, I have introduced you, but tell us a little bit about um, what, made you decide to go into a, a go to a naturopathic you know trail versus some other medical um trail well you know it was a very long journey for me to be honest um my undergraduate degree was in environmental science with a minor in women's studies so i've always had a passion for you know relating to the environment and the greater good of our world and the people in the world. So that underlying tone has always been a part of me. But um, what brought me to naturopathy is that after college, I worked as a farmer <laughs> um, managing a herb garden in Massachusetts. And it was there that I developed this community of different natural healers and acupuncturists and chiropractors and naturopaths and then 
a lot of uh, um, more energetic medicine as well. And it gave me this perspective of what else there is to offer people in terms of health and wellness. Um, I was able to work with an acupuncturist for a couple of years, and she's who introduced me to the naturopath that I ended up studying with before deciding to move out and pursue naturopathic medicine in Portland. So it was a big trip across the country, and here we are settled in Washington these days. That's fabulous. And I love that you have the background in the environmental science because it, it it's funny. It goes hand in hand. Treating our bodies with respect and, and treating our bodies with um, whole foods and natural herbs and other things goes right along with environmental science because we can't, you know, we can't uh, ruin our environment and then expect to plant and grow the things that we need to and have those things feed our body. So that really goes hand in hand. Absolutely. And it's, it's environmental science teaches essentially preventative medicine for the earth, how we can prevent destruction of the environment we live in. And naturopathic medicine is preventative medicine for people using you know, botanicals and so much nutrition and lifestyle. That's why I love so much what you do because whether I'm working with someone who is vegan or vegetarian or a meat eater, I definitely focus on plant-based diet and eating at least, you know, 75, 50 to 75% of your plate being whole foods and vegetables. So yeah, that's perfect. The basis well, of health. Yeah, exactly. Let's take a little break and then we'll welcome Dr. Nat back and we'll talk more about the, um, the blessing of including a naturopath in your medical team. So let's take a little break. Break time is over. It's time to get wasted with Renee. Here's Renee Steelman. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for coming back. On my show today, I have um, Dr. Angela Knapp. She is a board-certified naturopathic physician in the state of Washington. And before we went to break, we were talking about how she kind of fell into this, uh, beginning her career with a degree in environmental science, and how that goes very nicely hand-in-hand with um, the environment, which is called our body. And so we were, we were talking about that. Angela, you mentioned that you had some, um, medical issues yourself, which drove you to see an acupuncturist and, and some other wellness, um, professionals. Absolutely. Growing up, I had severe food allergies as a child. And along with my food allergies, I also suffered with asthma and eczema, um, Actually, in college, I even developed something called alopecia areata, which is when you lose part of the hair on your head, and it could be multiple patches. It could be even all of the hair on your head, Um, and that's underlying is autoimmune, and what I ended up doing for that was conventional medicine and steroid injections in the scalp, Um, so not a very good treatment. It's really a suppression So later on down the line, when my gastrointestinal problems started to flare up again, I ended up working with this acupuncturist, and it was with my work with her that actually helped heal my digestive system. And when I talk about working with an acupuncturist, Faye, this woman who practices in Massachusetts, she's not just going to be doing needling. Like, she did a lot of 
work on counseling and then diet and lifestyle, and they use Chinese herbs rather than Western herbs, which is what I work with. Um, But that is sort of where that all started for me, and that's how I really ended up feeling like I was getting to the core of the problem, reaching the root of the problem, and rather than just suppressing what's going on. Because if you suppress something, it's just going to come back and manifest in another form. And that's what I'd been dealing with, with all those years of using Benadryl for allergies and inhalers and such. That's so. interesting that you would say that because, um, you know, we, I think in, in regular, um, medicine and I think because of the commercialization of drugs and pharmaceuticals and things that are out there, we do, pe- people do have a tendency to co- compartmentalize illnesses. And so they would look at your alopecia and kind of go, oh yeah, that's, that's a problem that she has. Um, and then like you say, treat that problem with the steroid injections and things like that. Not understanding that it isn't a complete body problem, that your whole body Something is wacky with your entire body, not just your scalp, you know, not just the fact that your hair is falling out is indicative to other things that are going on. And, uh, and with the food allergies and then your digestive system, that's amazing. Absolutely. And, you know, even in the, the allopathic medical world, the field of functional medicine has really blossomed, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but it's similar to naturopathic medicine. It's not as much education on the things that we do, but it's looking at the whole picture and it, it's really focused so much on the connection between our immune system and the gut and then the association between if we're having inflammation in our gut, then we end up having inflammation in our brain and manifest all sorts of different mental illnesses, depression, anxiety. You know, um, we see just such a huge amount of that these days in our children and adults, where almost everyone has struggled with those things at some point in their life. So having this holistic vision of how to treat that is just really advantageous rather than just trying to give drugs that are really interfering with our natural process rather right. than rehabilitating. Right. You know, it's interesting. This morning I saw a little blurb on the one of the news shows and they were talking about a, a study that they're doing on peanut allergies and they were they're thinking that possibly one of the causes is the fact that we have all of this uh we're too clean. I mean we just we're just too darn clean and we've got mm-hmm. this germ phobia and we're all, you know, alcoholing ourselves to death, our hands and the tabletops and and that might be I, I think they were saying that one of their research is showing that that might be um, one of the causes for the peanut allergy, which I thought was amazing, but um, kind of goes into that whole thing about the body working Absolutely. with everything. And there's been some really exciting research around that also with the field of the microbiota, the gut microbiota. So that's the flora and bacteria that lives in our gut. And by mm-hmm. living in the sterile world, we're not actually exposing ourselves to these bacteria that compete and keep a balanced microbiota or microbiome in our GI tract. So one of there's been a couple of different studies about particular strains of probiotics, which probiotics, for anyone that isn't aware of that, are certain strains of bacteria that you can take to establish a better flora in the gut. But there are certain strains that you can use to help manage peanut allergy. 
oh, because of that theory that you're just talking about. So, right. you know, those studies are definitely corresponding. <laughs> Well, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to get into it because I'm certainly not a professional, but I did watch a documentary once on polio and they were, you know, everyone was wondering why did polio pop up, you know, in the late forties and what, what happened that made this, you know, pop up. And they, they came to the conclusion in this documentary that, you know, that the polio virus was, was living in the dirt and that we were a kind of an agricultural society. And the more we moved to the suburbs and the cleaner we got and we, you know, all of our kids and, you know, we weren't all just on the farm pulling out vegetables from our gardens and eating them right there. And, and that that had something to do with the polio outbreak. And I, it was fascinating. It's been a a few years since I've seen it, but kind of goes back to that whole immunity system living in our gut and how important it is for us to be feeding our bodies properly. It is. You know, I haven't heard that theory, but that's amazing. And there's certainly loads of research that supports that children are, are raised on farms are the ones that have the most um, or the least allergies. Mm. So, and, and kids who are raised around pets have less pet allergies. Yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> I have pet <laughs> allergies, but, um, you know, yeah, it could be worse, that's true. I suppose. So you mentioned Chinese herbs, and you did mention that you, um, you know, you're an expert in botanical medicine. I, I, uh, you know, I kind of got that cold that's been going around, and you know, I've talked to so many people that have been that have had this cold that's going around, and it is just knocking people out for three to six weeks, you know. And so we had an event that we were going to on Saturday, and um, on Thursday night, you know how you start getting that kind of twinkle, itchy kind of feeling. And um, so it was like, oh, no, I'm getting that cold, you know. Um, so I just was like, oh, no. And so I got out some essential oils and some, pe- you know, peppermint oil. And I was doing a steam thing with the peppermint oil. And and uh, and then I had my uh, elderberry syrup and my echinacea. And then I put this essential oil. And I am not kidding you. I woke up Saturday morning. My sinuses were clear. I had all of the energy that I needed. And I, I still have that. You know, I still have it. You can tell that I still have a little bit of the cold. But it is not changing my lifestyle at all, you know. Um, huge, huge, made me a huge believer in botanical medicine. Oh, absolutely. And you know what you have that also is such an advantage is that you're eating that plant-based diet so you have so many nutrients and you don't need a lot of sugar and sugar is going to feed all those bacteria. So, you know, sometimes you're probably less likely to get sick than the average. Well, I'm sure you're definitely less likely with your beautiful diet, your clean eating but absolutely, elderberry has had some wonderful research on being really effective with the flus lately and covering a lot of the flu strains that are in the flu vaccine, actually. So that's a really nice advantage. And then um, I do like steam inhalations with peppermint or eucalyptus. Sometimes cardamom can be really lovely, too. Um, topically, you can use that on your your chest or your feet, and then everybody loves echinacea. It's one of the most researched botanicals out there. So there's just such great research on the two forms of echinacea being so effective at really boosting the immune system and 
battling not only viruses, but bacteria and even fungus a little bit. So, wow, that's those amazing. Are some good ones. So how do you work it then? If you, do you find that your clients are coming to you because they're dissatisfied with the service that they're getting or they already have a little bit of, you know, um, of a history of maybe a grandma or a mother that used botanicals or tried to do some, you know, healthy, uh, treatments? How, how do, how do you find your clients when they, why do they come to you specifically? You know, that's a great question. And, um, most recently, just yesterday, I had a new patient, and she had just heard about me because um, someone had said, oh, Dr. Knapp is so great because she gives you time and really listens. And, and that's my goal. I'm a lot different than going into your conventional doc just because instead of 15 minutes, I'm just a one-woman show. So you're going to spend your entire visit, you know, anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, sometimes longer, um, depending on what we're doing, just with me. And, and my goal is to really develop a report. I want to know about you. You're going to learn about me. It's it's more than just come in, what's your symptom? Let's get to give you something to get rid of it. Um, so I think most people have come to me because they are somewhat dissatisfied um, or they just are, are in a place in their life where they want to be their optimal self. They want to be their best self and have their best health and Generally, naturopathic medicine is a little bit more effective or one of the different ways that you can get effective medical treatment to try and make you not just fine, but your best self, you know. We all want to thrive and be vital, and that is the goal of naturopathic medicine. Well, and that's so true, and it's, um, you know, it's it's sad that there isn't more of a team mentality with, I, I remember listening to a TED Talk about, how this doctor um, began to work with um, veterinarians because, you know, vets, my my father-in-law is a dairy, you know, was raised on a dairy farm in Idaho, uh, one of 13 children. And he's always said, you know, we ought to, we all ought to be going to see a vet because, you know, you can't talk to them. They just have to figure uh-huh. it out. <laughs> it's, and this whole TED talk was about that, how the vets, you know, the, the, the animals and the humans, we all have the same symptoms. We're all getting depressed. We all have autoimmune problems. And the vets have to figure it out. And it's, it's sad that we can't work more together. You know, when I, um, when I had my five, five of my children, they were all natural childbirth. Fabulous. But when I had my sixth, something went wrong. And I was bleeding profusely and ended up having to have, you know, some intervention. And thank heavens, there were medical professionals there that could do an emergency cesarean and take care of me when I needed that and take care of him after he was born, you know. So it, we need to start integrating more of a team together with naturopaths, as you mentioned, acupuncturists and, 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 you know, not and it doesn't have to be one or the other. Absolutely. And we are moving in that direction. But change is slow. Change is slow to come. And there's definitely a lot of skepticism and a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of negative talking of each other's profession. So not only, you know, MDs about chiropractors and chiropractors about naturopaths and naturopaths about, you know, MDs. So it's it's all a matter of really working on learning more about each other and coming from the perspective of we all have the same goal. 
our goal is to treat our patient and make them healthy. So, so really that should just be our commonality and stop there. And obviously you need to be communicating between fields because sometimes we have different views, but, um, the vaccine debate for sure, you know, that's been the biggest one on Facebook these days where people get very heated. So yeah, we have a yeah. common goal, everyone's safety. That's what we're all trying to do. Exactly. So. And as a as an expert in botanical medicine, what are your favorite herbs that you work with a lot or prescribe? Um, well, gosh, I work with so many different herbs, but I will tell you, um, for the immune system, echinacea and garlic are two of my very favorites. You know, they're very, very effective and generally rather benign and easy to get a hold of. Um, and then we, we use a lot of adrenal herbs in naturopathic medicine because we're all, you know, whether you're stressed out or not, we're all under a great deal of stress. So whether that be that, you know, you're, you're selling your house or work is very busy or you're not sleeping at night, these are all reasons that our adrenals, those little glands above the kidneys, are struggling and just the toxic load. So, you know, I love ashwagandha. That is a wonderful herb to help our adrenals. And licorice is another one. I just um, started a new patient on a licorice and ashwagandha tea that I love to make. It's actually the decoction when you take the herb and you boil it in the water for a little while and then you strain out the herbs and drink the tea. And that is one of my favorite ways to treat the adrenal glands. And it's a lovely, smooth, sweet tea. You know, nothing offensive about it. So that's one of the nice things about some herbs are are tastier than others. That's true. I absolutely love licorice. I think I'll be coming over to your office after the show is over and getting some of that. (laughs) So go on. It's really good, let me tell you. Um, And then, you know, there's the nutritive herbs that we use as well, like alfalfa and... Um, dandelion, herbs for allergies, things like nettles are really effective at stabilizing our mast cells. So mast cells are what release histamine in the body. And if you have a lot of histamine, that's when you're dealing with hives or seasonal allergies, um, asthma. Those are all related to histamine. So nettles is a great tea that you can use to um, help with modulate your allergies. You can also get it in a tincture or in a capsule. There's lots of different ways. One, there's a, a method for everyone. And, um, and then detoxification. That's another really big one. Um, detox is something we all need a little help with. We just, the air we breathe, the rain that, that falls down upon us, unfortunately, we just live in a very toxic world these days. So herbs that can really help detoxify the liver or things like dandelion and um, astragalus is another one, artichoke. Those are all really great herbs that help detoxify the liver or push our phase one and two pathways that help get rid of all the different toxins that we're dealing with. And our liver is really important because it does so many things. You know, it's involved in producing cholesterol and hormones and detoxification, but specifically glutathione is produced in our liver and glutathione is our body's master antioxidant. And what an antioxidant does is it pretty much scavenges out in your body 
any free radicals. And free radicals are just essentially cells that are really wild and crazy, and they cause a lot of damage. So it's very important for us to have something like glutathione. Um, vitamin C is another one that we don't produce naturally, but you can take into your body and use as an antioxidant to help get rid of those free radicals and eliminate damage that's occurring in the body. Um, and then botanical-wise, I thought I should start back at the beginning again with the echinacea and garlic. Um, garlic's really effective at bacteria, virus, and funguses. So I wanted to point that out because when we're dealing with microbes, sometimes fungus can be an issue and finding herbs to battle fungus or some people worry about candida. Um, some people just have chronic yeast infections or toenail fungus. So garlic as well as paudiarco, um, there are just some beautiful botanicals out there. And you can mix and match. That's what's so glorious about herbs. You can mm. individually come up with a combination for each patient based on what they're dealing with. That's fascinating. I, I, I think what's interesting about that is, um, you know, the different parts of the country and the food that, that, that people eat in different parts of the country. And, and then you really look at why they might have more curry or something like that in India and more the garlic and the tomatoes and the oregano and all of that over in Italy and, and how we have kind of lost the reason why these, you know, we think of these things as herbs to flavor our food, but who would have thought that by making the spaghetti sauce, you know, with the, you like you say, the cumin and the garlic and tomatoes and oregano and thyme and, and what that's, it's healing our bodies. I mean, we just think it's spaghetti sauce, but it's like, no, no, we're healing our bodies. Oh, absolutely. I'm just coming from Mexico and every meal, it's cilantro and chilies and onions and fresh tomatoes and lime juice. And, you know, it's just like amazing. And India, like you're saying, turmeric, that's another huge one, anti-inflammatory amazing for chronic pain, joint pain, inflammation in the body, autoimmune disease. I mean, it is just one of my favorites. And then Asia, the fermented foods, which we, we've yeah. seen definitely that grow here, not just mm-hmm. probiotics, but things like kombucha and kimchi and the different um, sauerkrauts and stuff. They're just phenomenal healing foods. It's, and it's yeah. not less like you're, you know, you're taking something into your body that's healing you. It's not loads of money. You don't have to take it in a capsule form. I love that about healing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it really makes you wonder about the difference between, you know, where everyone's always comparing America, you know, the United States to Europe and other, other countries and the health of, of Americans versus other countries. And it's like, well, if you look at the food, as you mentioned, the cilantro and the garlic and the lime juice and the things they're eating in you know, South America, and then you look at the curry and the turmeric and that they're eating in India, and then you look at the, you know, spaghetti sauce that they're eating, you know, and then you look at America and you go, yeah, mashed potatoes and a steak. It's like that might be the problem, you know. Well, and that's like on a good day. I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> that's true. Burger King, McDonald's, and um, a lot of fast food, Doritos and Coca Cola. I mean, yeah, that's true. And when no you start nutrition. using your 
Yeah, and when you start using your food, I mean, when if, if someone, you know, if you said, look, I, I, I'm really sorry to hear that you're really sick, so I'm going to give you a prescription. Let me write this prescription down. Um, let's see, garlic bread, a uh, big plate of spaghetti, lots of spaghetti sauce with whole tomatoes. Uh, you know, people would be like, wait a minute, that's not a prescription, but it is. And we make it so hard in this country. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. So that's fascinating. I, I'm really excited about it. I love, absolutely love licorice and a good licorice tea. Uh, that just sounds beautiful. So I'm, I'm definitely on my way over to your office afterwards. Well, let's take a little break. We're going to take a little break with uh, Dr. Angela Knapp. And then when we come back, we'll talk more about healing your body uh, in natural ways with herbs and uh, love and kindness. Let's take a break. Now it's time to get healthy and lose weight joyfully. You're listening to Get Wasted with Renee on Talk Zone. Here's Renee Steelman. Hi, thank you for joining me today. I hope that I am finding all of you plant based, positive, and productive. It is a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest today. Uh, on my uh, run this morning, I passed by a home, and they all their all her daffodils were coming up. And I know even in my flower boxes, I've got tulips coming up. And just uh, you know, we out here on the West Coast have a little little hint that spring is on its way. And I feel badly for all of you people that are under seventy five thousand pounds of snow, but um, but definitely it's a beautiful day here. And Angela, I mentioned in the in the beginning that you have over 500 hours um, helping to deliver babies at home. And, you know, uh, my I mentioned in one of my other shows that my grandmother, you know, she gave birth to eight children at home. And um, that was just the way it was done. I mean, anybody that's watched the uh, Call the Midwives, you know, having babies in a hospital was like, why would you do that? I'm not sick. Um, so, you know, tell us about you know, who comes to you and wants their babies delivered at home and why you feel as though that's a great environment to have a baby? Well, I actually am not a midwife. I decided not to move forward with delivering babies because of the on-call time. So just Mm. put that there. So I don't have patients that come to me to deliver babies. But in my experience, I think having babies at home is amazing. And I view childbirth as a rite of passage, but I respect that every woman is different, and I understand that some women are very excited about going to the hospital and getting their epidural, and I think that there can be perfectly wonderful outcomes with hospital deliveries just as well as at home, and, you know, either side, there are risks associated with with having your baby in the hospital or at home. But, you know, the women who want to have their babies at home, I can't even tell you that there's one specific type. It's just some women have this desire to be in the comfort of their own home. They really do feel less safe in a hospital environment or they just feel like delivering a baby is not an illness. So why should you be in a hospital setting? Um, I chose to have my daughter at home purely because it seemed like the natural thing to do for me. And also, I think drugs during delivery, are it's tempting. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, because laboring 25 hours is not an easy thing to do. Right. Um, yeah, they call it but, labor for a reason. It's supposed to be work. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it yeah. is. It's a lot of work. And I, so my daughter was the 20th birth I had been to, and ah. I had no clue what was in store for me. And I'd seen it over and over, but you just don't know until you've been there. Um, so needless to say, I think it's just a personal choice where some women are afraid of outcomes in the hospital. Some women are afraid of the outcomes in a home birth, you know. Right. Labor is one of those things that can go wrong in a split second. So right. thank God we have modern medicine and we have emergency medicine so accessible. But exactly. on the same note, um, being able to deliver your child in a setting that is natural and comfortable and has dark lighting and is not interfering with the labor process is magical because when we're super stressed out, labor doesn't happen as naturally. You need some stress to go into labor. Don't get me wrong, but too much stress is really going to cause interference in that process. So, Right. Well, and I think too, like it totally is. And I feel as though, like I mentioned, you know, when my, when I went into labor with my, my last little guy, um, I was, because I had had five previous natural births, I wasn't prepared for anything to go wrong. And so even though there was a lot of blood, I just was still kind of in denial. And so, you know, thank heavens I had finally found an OBGYN who also believed in natural childbirth. So I, I had, um, my fourth, fifth and sixth baby, um, in a hospital setting, but the doctor was very, very pro natural childbirth. So he didn't intervene, you know, at all. And so in, you know, in that case, it was definitely a blessing. But I, what breaks my heart is when I hear women who really, really had their hearts set and were healthy. They didn't have any, you know, prenatal problems at all, healthy, strong bodies, um, you know, nice size babies, totally carried to term, and they are determined to have a natural childbirth and it ends up in an emergency cesarean. And, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, say anything negative because they're certainly not, they didn't do anything wrong, but there was so much intervention in the hospital that you're like, of course you had a cesarean, you know, when they start naming everything that went on or, or, you know, something else. And so it just breaks my heart that, you know, and I've seen it in my own family, you know, I've seen, um, excessive intervention in childbirth. And then when the, when the, my daughters especially kind of took it back, took their power back, then they were able to then have natural childbirth. So that's where I, uh, you know, there is definitely thank heavens for the medical wonders that we have out there. But you definitely have to be at, for everything in your health, you have to be in control. Right. And there is a huge variability depending on where you're delivering your baby. Many, many hospitals offer midwives in their systems these days. So you can deal with a lot less intervention that way. And, Comparing Portland, where we have such progressive doctors, and it depends on one hospital to the next. But if we're talking about OHSU, I mean, they have doctors up there that are happy to help deliver breech babies vaginally. But my sister had her baby in New Jersey, and it was a great big struggle for her to find someone to help her have a VBAC, a vaginal birth after cesarean with her second baby, because that's just 
frowned upon in that area of the country. And the cesarean rate over there is very, very high, whereas in the Portland area, we deal with much lower numbers because it's a little bit more forward thinking Mm -hmm. in that area of medicine, at least. Right. Yeah, that's, that's very much true. It varies, it varies from area to area and, and from time to time. I mean, like you said, as, as more knowledge came out and as the movement for natural childbirth kind of came back, um, you know, my daughter had, um, one baby at a clinic, a, a natural childbirth clinic, and then she had another baby at a hospital here and they had the, uh, bathtub all filled up. They had the birthing tub already right there in her room. And, uh, so, you know, I love these hospitals and the nurses and the doctors at this particular hospital, Salmon Creek Legacy, uh, very pro breastfeeding, very pro natural mm-hmm. childbirth. Um, that's the secret I think is to find. And, and then my other, my daughter-in-law had a doula that really, I mean, this woman was brilliant. I mean, she helped her, talked her through, um, her first, her first baby, um, they, you know, at one point, I mean, she got into the hospital very, very, I mean, I think she was at an eight and they still gave her, um, an epidural and it was like, wow, oh, I know, so surprised. I know I was shocked. I, I really was shocked when I got in there. I said, wow, did you have it yet? By the time we got there, cause I knew she had gone in with an eight and, and my son said, no, they gave her an epidural, told her she could sleep a little bit. I'm like, what? No, she would have the baby Why? by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then her next one, she had the doula and the doula totally talked her through it and, you know, said, you know, you can do this and it's fine and we're going to do whatever you want to do. Let's just hang on for a second. Can you hang on for just another minute and just talked her through it and, you know, again, just beautiful eight pound baby, you know. Um, so anyway, it's, you're right though. Every, everyone is unique. Everyone's body is different. And, you know, literally some women are just built to pop out babies and other women aren't. So you, you do have to know yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, I've definitely seen women who have done everything to have their natural childbirth. They've, you know, done Everything, the perfect diet, taking such good care of themselves, going to all their visits, taking all the recommended herbs, all the uterine tonifying herbs and the belly dance classes and (laughs) tried and tried and tried and still, you know, birth after birth are unable to have a vaginal delivery. It is a matter of physiology sometimes and we just really need to be grateful that there are the options, but it, it can be a very grieving process to work so hard for your natural childbirth and lose it. And I think um, we just need to focus on healthy baby, healthy mama is the goal in the end, whatever it might be to get there. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about homeopathy because um, I'm also a really strong believer in that as well. I I have, there's a... um, Another kind of a pre-cold natural um, um, homeopathic thing that you can buy from some of the whole, uh, natural food stores. And I have, oh, I just can't believe how much I believe in these things. So talk to me a little bit about that and how it works and, you know, how you prescribe that. So homeopathy is a really interesting form of medicine. It's based on Hahnemann's principle of like treats like, which means basically you take a compound 
that would cause certain symptoms in the body. And then you dilute that, dilute that, dilute that. It's diluted to the point where there's actually no molecular amount of the substance on these little sugar pills that are the homeopathic remedy. And it's an energetic imprintation onto those sugar pellets. And essentially, the theory is that by taking something that in that energetic method, you're treating your symptoms, it sort of cancels out or null and voids the symptoms you're having with on an energetic level. And there's plenty of research behind it. We sort of really focus on this um, um, research-based medicine or evidence-based medicine, but there's a great deal of research on homeopathy and treating um, malnourishment and gastrointestinal problems in children in Africa or using it on cows, that dairy cows that need antibiotics all the time, using homeopathy instead. So it's been, you know, it's really a very interesting medicine, but it can be very specific too. So there's two forms of homeopathic medicine. There's acute treatment, which is something like if you're dealing with a cold or flu. And this year, um, the flu that's been going around, so they'll, they have something, they have different homeopathic groups that come up with the remedy for certain flus. So a certain flu produces certain symptoms. So therefore, there should be a certain remedy that treats it. And this year, um, the flu treatment is lycopodium. The homeopathic remedy lycopodium is supposedly the treatment for the flu that's going around this year. But when we're talking about constitutional homeopathy, that's looking at a deeper level of how a person functions in the world. So if I'm looking at someone who has had eczema and asthma their entire life, I need to look not just at, oh, they have eczema and asthma, so they get the remedy sulfur. Um, it's not as simple as that. You have to look at how does that present and what time of day or night is it worse? And it looks at um, so many, you know, what, what kind of foods does the person crave and what is their history and what other symptoms are they dealing with besides the allergy and asthma in order to determine the right remedy? And it's really very in-depth. So it takes a lot of study, and that's why there are professionals that are specifically focused on homeopathy, because when you're not doing acute homeopathy, it needs to be very, very, very in-depth, and there are many, many remedies to choose from. So it's much more than when you go into Whole Foods and there's a bunch of blue vials. There's different ways to dose. Um, One of the interesting things about homeopathy is the more dilute the remedy, the stronger it's considered. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Huh. That's, that's really fascinating. Well, let's take a little break. Um, I am just so fascinated with all of this. And let's take a little break and then we'll come back with Dr. Angela Knapp. Now it's time to get healthy and lose weight joyfully. You're listening to Get Wasted with Renee on Talk Zone. Here's Renee Steelman. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Renee Steelman, the area director for Get Wasted Northwest. Um, you can find me at www. 
nwgetwasted.com. That's wasted, W-A-I-S-T-E-D. And my guest today is Angela Knapp. She is a board-certified naturopathic physician, and um, we are just having a fabulous conversation about herbs and homeopathic medication and food allergies and all kinds of good things. Um, so, Angela, before we took a break, we were talking a little bit about homeopathy, and um, give us a little bit of an idea of um, just like I know that some insurance companies – will cover your services, others will not. Have things changed in the last few years as far as, um, you know, insurance recognizing that your your services are very valuable to people? Naturopaths are not board certified nationwide. So that's one of our, our tricky things as naturopathic physicians. Here in Washington, in Oregon, and Arizona, we're recognized as primary care physicians, but that's not true throughout the whole country. And in a lot of states, we're not even recognized as anything, but, you know, certainly not as a physician or a doctor, just sort of a natural health specialist. So it really varies from place to place. But here in Washington, there's been great forward movement for the naturopathic physicians. Um, We are able to take Medicaid. So depending on the naturopath you find, it can take anything from the basics like Blue Cross Blue Shield or Aetna. Um, but now naturopaths in Washington are allowed to take Medicaid as well, which is awesome. It just wow. gives us this op- option to really provide our medicine to a great big population that really wasn't able to access it after otherwise. Because naturopathic medicine is not inexpensive to go see. Right. Naturopath is not cheap. So having insurance coverage is really a great advantage. Right, and, right. Um, we are seeing a lot of forward movement with insurance and different companies and licensure happening in more and more states. So, for example, Maryland last year licensed naturopathic doctors and Massachusetts has been working really hard on it. So um, we're just hoping to keep seeing more and more forward movement. That's crazy. That's crazy. For some reason, I always think of the East Coast should be so far ahead since they were the first colonies. You know, I always think they should be so far ahead of all of us out here on the West Coast, but not true, not true. That's amazing. Wow. And the fact that, you know, that you can be recognized as a primary care physician in the state of Washington, but then like you say, in other parts of the country, you're just kind of a nice person to go see. That's, that's, wow, wow. Well, I see. Big, big, big variability from state to state. And it's so funny because I think it should be the absolute opposite. I think that all naturopathic physicians should be considered your primary care, and then every all of the other doctors should be your specialist that you go to only if. (laughs) Right. Well, I like to think that we would save so much money if we started out. You know, even if you were going to see your naturopath uh, once every two or three months. over the, like over years, I think we would save so much money because later on down the line, the health deficits that people suffer would be so, so much less than what we see these days. You know, we wouldn't right. be dealing with as many, as much cost. So. Right, right, exactly. Well, and that, because that ties right back into the preventative. Um, and, you know, encouraging people to take care of themselves and to be the commanders of their own ship and, you know, keep your body healthy instead of always coming in at the last and going, all right, I really messed things up. Fix me. 
Right. So, you know, when yeah. when all the damage has been done, it's that much harder to reverse things. Whereas yeah. if we can just treat things as they come up and, and manage our health from the early on, learn how to eat and live well, you know, food hygiene, sleep hygiene, those are those are things that we should master at a young age, and then we maximize our health later on down the line. Yeah, and you know, I think the sad thing is, um, there's a commercial out here on, in the Northwest right now that's running about uh, a fabulous service. I mean, it's a great thing. They're 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 offering people, you know, free incentives to stop smoking. But the ad, you know, the ad talks about, you know, a few minutes after you stop smoking, your blood pressure, you know, changes, and it gives people the impression that if they'll stop smoking, they're good. And, and, and my mom, I know my mom and my dad smoked for years as, as young people, as many people did in the, you know, fifties and sixties, everyone smoked. Um, but they, they, you know, my, my dad now who stopped smoking over 50 years ago has now, uh, emphysema because of his smoking 50 years ago. So it is, it is something that, you know, taking care of your body is so important from childhood up. But, um, and anyone that needs to take care of their body needs to go find Angela. So Angela, tell us how we can find <laughs> you and, uh, and more about how people can find out more about what you offer. Absolutely. Um, you can find me at drangelanap.com. D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A-K-N-A-P-P dot com. Um, I write for the com, which is a naturopathic journal. If you're just interested in learning more about naturopathic medicine, different treatments, natural things you can do on your own to maintain your health, it's a great website to check out. It's um, T-H-E-N-A-T-P-A-T-H dot com. Uh, additionally, I'm on Facebook at Dr. Angela Knapp, so just facebook.com backslash Dr. Angela Knapp, or you're always welcome to call me and we can talk about what I do. My number is 360-601-2567, and I'm also accessible by email. I do email with my patients, um, Dr. Angela Knapp at gmail.com. It's just D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A-K-N-A-P-P at gmail.com. Perfect. That's fabulous. Well, I really encourage all of you to, you know, remember that finding the right naturopath is just like finding a primary care physician in any other field. You have to find one that works well with you. And um, Dr. Knapp is someone who I just absolutely have connected with. And I've gone to other naturopaths that just like any other doctor, I went, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we're on the same page. So, um, but I would definitely recommend Dr. Knapp. Give her a call, get on her Facebook page or email her. And, and, you know, if you're not in the area, look for a naturopath in your area and just go and try it. Even if it's just a, a someone else on your team to getting yourself healthy and, and, uh, and happy. So thank you, Dr. Knapp. Thank you so much for joining me today and taking time out of your very busy schedule. Oh, thank you so much, Renee. I appreciate so much being invited to talk on the show with you. It's been a great time, and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope that you all enjoyed this uh, this little chat that I had with Dr. Knapp as much as I did. Um, you know, naturopathic physicians, they have so much to bring 
to, as I mentioned, to a team. If you're not feeling well, if you're working with a physician that you love and you're getting treatment, maybe this is just something that would help to build your immune system or keep you strong and healthy if you're going through chemotherapy or something like that. So thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day. And you know what? Let's have lunch. 